Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, well, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Welcome back to IT for Whiskey. I am Craig. I'm with my friends, Joe and Myron. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. What's happening? And today, we're going to talk about how to keep yourself motivated in the business. We are going to do our best to cover this topic and keep you interested. (laughs) No pun intended. Let me ask you this, Myron. What do you do? to keep yourself really interested in the business and motivated to keep on going. There's been times when I've been wanting to sell. I think everybody goes through those processes, right? Yeah, for sure. You lose motivation, you lose an interest, you get tired of all the demands and you're, you're like, maybe it's time to sell. For me, it's been constantly innovating or making some changes in the business and seeing the success of that change. And that keeps me motivated. You know, as you all know, we launched a couple of years ago on the, on the VoIP side. So that's added a new level of, you know, motivation versus the mundane task of just running the MSP that's been established and, and keep going up to this point. So that's the way, I guess, short and sweet that I've dealt with it. How about you, Craig? When I meet a new customer of how do I take the skill sets that we have to better their business, that's what interests me the most. The day-to-day routine, not so interested in. But some days it is difficult, but I do like interacting with my group, my people, talking to them and coming up with ideas and ways of things that we can do to help our customers and make their days better. Whenever we come up with something that's new and it's great and the customer loves it, that that's, that's the shiny moment. Installing hardware and 
and servers and PCs and all that, that's, that's, anybody can do that. But can you make a solution that will make them appreciate the work that you did on their behalf? That's, that's the best part. That's what I like to do. Crafting the custom solutions. What's your day-to-day work look like? My workload. So morning starts around seven. No, not like that. I meant like, (laughs) you know, are are you involved in the support end of it? Are you more just on the management side? Like how how does, how does that work for your organization? Because I think that'll play a role. I I do not, I try not to do any of the support anymore. I completely have taken myself out of that picture. I'm only pulled in on rare occasions, especially if it's a customer is, is upset, then I'm pulled in for that to solve whatever solution that needs to be done to take them back to where they need to be. I'm more in the um, crafting of the uh, solutions, uh, the sales engineering, solution creating. And then I'm always looking at all the new technology that comes out and see how can that be applied in the real world. That's my, my enjoyment. And I read a lot of news, technology news. So in that case, you, you always have a pool of, of new things that are coming out that'll pique your interest and uh, keep it exciting. I like to say that I uh, am a part of the solution cell, so I consider myself more of a business consultant than an MSP from my personal perspective. And But I swear to you, some days I want to get new business cards written up that say janitor. Because I seem to clean up a lot of mess, not even our messes per se, client messes, where they call you in a panic saying, oh my God, you know, the world is over, help us. And you got to go in and clean up their mess, which is what, why we exist. But it's, it's, you know, business consultant slash janitor. That's what I want my business cards to say. I was going to say, it's going to say Lord of the Dance, but <laughs> whatever, whatever you think works. Right. <laughs> I can see you, I can see you going to the client site and dancing their worries away. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that I find that keep my interest going in this business, the number one thing that I love about this business, it's actually talking to the customers. Every business is different. Every personality within those businesses are different. And as long as I'm out in their face and meeting with them face to face, I don't ever work. That's the way I kind of look at it. It's not actual work for me. I enjoy so that 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 keeps me going. That's interesting. So one of the hard things on the Greenlink side is that most of the customers we don't even know who they are because they're really our partners' customers. Yeah, we have a relationship with them, but it's truly through the partners. I get the connection of the face to face because I get it from the MSP side, but it's so hard, especially when you start growing to maintain that that one to one relationship. I'm, I'm interested in hearing Craig's side a little bit more about how does he keep it exciting? Well, I would say my number one motivator is, is my children. They force me to go work because they're very expensive. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I enjoy being at the computer, having the bazillion tabs that I have open, crafting the designs, pulling information from different areas to come up with the solutions that fit best for the client's needs or wants. Sometimes clients want things that they do not need and having to convince them otherwise is obviously a daunting task when you could save them thousands of dollars if they would just do it the proper way. It's like moving uh, pieces on a chessboard around and finding the best pieces to fit where need to be to come to the end game. I've been doing it for so long that sometimes you lose the focus of what you were doing. Some days you kind of muddle through and then trying to find a new way to be, to keep your interest in it. And that and that's that's hard sometimes for me. And one thing I do know that is different, I move around a lot. I do not like staying in the same place day in and day out and doing the same work. So I don't work in the same place every day. It'll either be remote work, I choose a spot that I like, I do go in the office and 
and interact, but I like to keep it fresh because sometimes I like to be around a lot of people in work. And then sometimes I want to be by myself. It depends on my mood at that time. But uh, sometimes I'll be at the office and I can't focus. I'll just pack up and go and I can work from anywhere. And once I put my headphones on and play my music and get my laptop out, I'm great. And I, and I do like meeting with the customers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I do like talking to the customers, new challenges. And that goes with the day in, day out of, of working. But I work all the time. I'll work from morning to night and then there's family in between you probably hit the nail on the head with one of the biggest mistakes a lot of small business owners in general make especially those that fail they they expect that they can go into business be self-employed and it's a nine-to-five job it's not and what you just said i can totally relate to because i'm the same I work like 24-7. Kids kind of get fit in between where I can and I evaluate what I'm doing constantly and set goals, adjust goals. And that's really for me, I, I think about why I started the company and why I started down this path. And I remind myself about the end game. Like you said, that's a 24-7 thing, let alone the workload. It really is. Your mind has to be in it 24 hours a day. I think that's probably one of the most essential things that you've uncovered here, Craig, is is, is that people don't understand that your mindset has to be on 24-7 in order to be successful and to keep yourself motivated to stay that way isn't easy. So do what you got to do to stay motivated. But remind yourself there's good times and there's bad times. So how many times have I called you, Joe? And once did I ever call you and it was not work related? <laughs> um, well, actually, I, 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 I will do. say, I will say, actually, there was one time that you called me that wasn't work related. Do you know what you called me about? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. You, you were, you were doing a roast. I was, oh, I was. And you were just so, it was so proud. You were so proud of your big tender piece of meat. You called me and you were eating and you're like, oh, Joe, if you were here, you would love this thing. That was the only time you ever called me that's not work related, which kind of begs the question why you don't call me more socially more often. You don't pick up the phone. That's why. <laughs> Some of us are busy. So it's usually when I'm calling Joe, he's either on the way or coming from a uh, swim meet. Yeah, yeah. Either he's on the land or in the water, it seems like. Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is to have kids and be self-employed and own companies, I guess. But Joe, do when you go to the swim meet, do you have your laptop with you? Always. So there you go. If it's not my laptop, it's my phone. If it's not my phone, it's just a tablet, something that I, yes, always. Yep. You can bring it with. Yep. I don't carry my laptop. When I leave the office, I disconnect from the workload. I do. It's a mindset for sure. And I made me thinking about whatever it could be. You know, right now we're, we're, we're focusing a lot about a new office space we need and things of that nature, or I'll be reading some reports or something that they'll send me, but I'll just do it off my phone. I will not take my laptop home. I try to disconnect and spend that time when I am home with the family, especially since, you know, I do a little bit more traveling than you guys. And it's actually pretty good. And it's not as hard as we all think. It's not a, a work balance, more like a harmony. You know, I go out, travel, work hard while I'm out there. And then when I'm back home, home and I'm in, in town, I spend my regular hours at the office and evenings or, or weekends on the is family time. What Joe was saying about the 24 hours a day thing, it could be 11, 12 o'clock at night and I could be laying in bed and just thinking about what are the things that need to be done tomorrow or next week or whatnot. That never goes away. Um, so in the early years, I was working till easily till two or three in the morning most nights and then up at six or seven because that was back when we didn't have really good monitoring services back in 
2006, seven. And nowadays, I get a lot of work completed in the evening. It's usually when the kids go to bed. I got a couple hours there where I just kind of hang out with my wife and I do work and we maybe watch a show or, or go for a walk. I actually enjoy that more because the thing is, there's nothing coming in when I'm doing that. No interruption. There's no calls. There's no emails. So I get a lot of my important work completed in the evening versus during the day, which seems like the day is always the fires that come in. Here's a good question. Are you guys morning guys? I totally am. I'm, I'm a morning person, but you won't get a lot of productivity in the morning. Like I won't do anything that would be like a project in the morning. I'm a, a three hour guy. And what I mean by that is three hours after I open my eyes, I'm at full peak productivity. So if I wake up at four by seven, I'm at peak productivity. If I wake up at six by nine, I'm at peak productivity. Uh, okay. I gotcha. One of the other things I, I, I was going to say on that is uh, what I also find a good outlet for me is, is exercise. You may not think so by looking at me, but <laughs> I do go to the gym three to four times a week. I didn't say anything, Joe. No, no, you didn't. But Myron had a good chuckle. So I do go to the gym three to four days a week. You need to keep yourself physical. You sit at a desk all day long. You're in the car. You're on the phone. You're in front of a computer. Even if you're at a standing desk, your activity is not as high as it needs to be as, as a human being. I stay motivated by exercising three, four times a week. I go to the gym. I'll go to, I'll do some car cardio, a little bit of free weights, whatever, whatever, maybe some push-ups, sit-ups in the office. And I, I find that that pushes my body physically and it gives me the energy to focus mentally. All right, Joe, how many push-ups can you do? Seven. <laughs> 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 That's okay. I think we need to do a challenge at some point in time. I used to only be able to do six for the last 30 years. And just last week I hit seven. I was like, woohoo. Nice. So while we're in uh, in LA, we'll have to have a push-up challenge. I can't go to LA, guys. Yeah, well, that's a whole other problem. We'll send you some video. Our, our good friend Atul's going to be there. Atul! As, uh, along with some others. I land that Sunday from Helsinki. So there's no way I can go there. Uh, Helsinki. Sounds horrible. The exercise, though, like all jokes aside, I find is is a, is a great way to burn off that energy so that my mind kind of then balances, I guess, from an exhaustion perspective, I sleep really good after that. I do sleep better when I exercise. And I also find if during the day I'm having a hard time focus, I will go and exercise for an hour. Agreed. And get back to it. Yeah. So so for me, I, I, I can't do workouts during the morning. It, it just doesn't work. Uh, and then go to the office. After work, I've been trying to put in a, a few sessions a week to go to the gym. Going back to the question about a morning person, my kids made me a morning person. <laughs> my son wakes up like at five in the morning. Wow. wow. He's four years old. He switched my schedule up and, and now I'm I'm able to be at the office, you know, 7, 7.30, get a lot of stuff done before everybody else walks in the door. I, I actually use that as the time to work on things and focus on things that without people interrupting. And that works out great. I, I can do that a couple of times a week and keeps me balanced. What else keeps us motivated within the business when you're at that that critical stage where you're like, this is it. I've had enough. So I will say when I'm at my lowest low, I do two things. I sit back with a nice whiskey or a scotch <laughs> and I reflect. And I do this alone. I'm, I'm actually not kidding. I'll close the door of my office or I'll go somewhere quiet where there's nature, etc. And I'll sit back with, a, with a, a drink of choice and I try to focus and think about why did I start this in the first place? What possessed me to go down this path? And then you start thinking about the things that you've been through. You start thinking about, do you remember that success and this success? And I find for me, that's very therapeutic. And, I, and actually, it gives me the, the energy and the ability to refocus and get back on track. 
So, so there are two things for me. One is my uh, perspectives group that I belong to here in town. There's used to be seven different business owners that I would get together with and we would talk about issues and problems together. None of the businesses competed in any way and there were totally different industries. And we would get together and, and everybody had to share how to solve it with their own experiences. You could not say anything of this is here's what I would do. And that's that's similar to what we do here. And this is the second one. Outside of this, this podcast, there's a lot of discussion that goes on that we share. And that helps me when I get back into the work groove. You guys have given me information and help to help me with my next day. So what are you drinking, Joe? Well, I, before I get into the drink, I just wanted to, to make one final closing comment. No, I want you to talk about the drink. Well, no, well, <laughs> well think of it this way. I, I, I always believe that successful business owners, they don't sit around and wait for motivation. No one's got time for that. You need to choose to work on your business every single day. You need to be cognizant of what your objectives are. You need to focus on your end game and believe in what your end game is. And no one else is going to give you the motivation to do that. It's got to come from within. Whatever your Zen place is to find that motivation, it's more important to figure out what your Zen is to get you that motivation than actually trying to find the motivation itself. Because the motivation will come when you start thinking and focusing in the environment that is conducive to the way you like to think. Now that you mentioned that, there is certain things that I do when I'm stuck and I feel like uh, it's time to sell or, you know, why did I get myself into this thing or whatever the case is. I focus on obviously the family. What am I trying to achieve for the family? There's, there's these goals, they're material things, but they help me focus on something I'm trying to achieve, uh, a bigger house, a nice car, a boat, whatever it is that you desire. Right. But that focus on that thing will help you get back and motivated and get up when you don't want to get up. It'll help you get past the slow days or the, you know what, I'm tired, I want to go home or and I don't want to work anymore. Those are the things that to me work for me to make sure that I'm pushing each day a little bit harder and harder and harder so we can get to that next level. Yeah, staying in touch with the reasons why you started the business in the first place, whether it's to create a lifestyle for you or your family or whatever, whether it's you want to do good and help your customers with problems and solve issues, you just got to stay in touch with that. Money just on its own, it's not a good enough reason. It's not. There's got to be substance behind it. You got to remind yourself of it like all the time. I, I think... When I hit my rut, I remember why I'm doing this in the first place. And I, I reflect on that's what I was saying about finding your Zen, nail your objectives down, try to remember why you started doing what you're doing today. And you know, Myron, you, you hit the nail on the head, objectives, goals, could they be materialistic? Sure. This is a material world. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same token, knowing you the way I do, I believe that it's create a better lifestyle for your family and for your children. You want to give your kids the things that you didn't have. Right. Craig, on the other hand, maybe not so much that belief, but. <laughs> Yo, Byron, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's okay, boys. It's okay. I'm kidding. Craig, Craig just wants to keep buying more more bourbon. That's all. Well, I think he's got a big enough collection because his is bigger than both of ours put together. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I only have a few bottles, boys. Just a few. Mm -hmm. People have asked me, when are we going to post a picture of your bar? Once we hit 5,000 listeners, I'll do it. 5,000 <laughs> listeners. Come on, people. <laughs> Recommend your friends. Then you will get a private invitation, a personalized invitation to a private tasting at Craig's bar. Is that the goal? I don't know. Maybe we take it to 50,000 for that. <laughs> no, let's make it 5,000 and Myron and I fly in for it. Nice. Done. So 5,000 <laughs> of this episode. Once we hit 5,000 listeners on this episode. That should be in a couple of weeks. So what are you boys drinking today? So I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking today. Uh, if you remember our 
last podcast, Craig was kind of talking about yellow spot and green spot and the whole spots. I told you I ordered online right on the spot and I really did. And so it came in the mail two days later. It was fantastic. Literally our mailman came to the door and gave me a box and it had a big logo saying liquor on the oh man on the box and <laughs> open it up and I tried it. I agree with what Craig said originally. That yellow spot is probably the best Irish whiskey I have ever drank in my life. That being said, close second place is this green spot. The Chateau Montelena is really nice. And I actually recommend it as well. So I'm drinking today that green spot. It's a single pot still Irish whiskey. It's finished in a Zinfandel wine cask, triple distilled. And the wine casks are uh, a Montelena type of uh, wine. It's in, from Napa Valley. And I think the region is the Calistoga region. I'm just reading the bottle, by the way. I don't know much about it, but it tastes great. <laughs> it's got a really nice soft, smooth, oaky taste. And I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pick up a bottle. They have it locally at my um, my local liquor store. Um, this weekend, I actually don't don't have any liquor on me. That's probably why I'm a little bit off on this podcast, but I'm not liquored up. <laughs> <laughs> but this weekend, I did try a new bourbon that Giovanni brought over. It was my twin's birthday. What was the name of it? Wait, your twin? What? My twin's birthday. Oh, your, your kids. Sorry. Yeah, my kids. Larceny? Larceny. Yes. Larceny. Is the bourbon. Yeah. It's hot. A 92 proof. It's it's really strong. It's a standard larceny or barrel proof larceny? Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Very special small batch. 92 proof. It's a John Fitzgerald. Yeah. Okay. It was it was strong, but it was good. Did you uh, did you try sampling it with the maple water? Well, I, I tried it straight. Uh, it was it was too strong. So I, I put in a little maple water and did that. Also, somebody gave me a, a bottle of scotch too. 18 year grand Gestone. Never heard of that one. Grandgestone. Grand uh, it's from Highlands Single Malt. I, I used the maple water to kind of clean out my palate to go between one and the other. So that, that worked out great, that, that maple water. I'm a believer and I'll be buying a, a couple of those. Thanks for that. <laughs> wow, I've converted one more. Greg, have you uh, have you jumped on the maple water bandwagon yet? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it someday. You can do it, man. Go for it. You can do it. You can do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ship you a bottle. That's just it. I'm, I'm gonna ship you. It'll be a tetra pack. Didn't he buy one? I thought you bought one. I thought he bought a case of it. Yeah. I I was just messing with you guys. Oh, oh, you oh, some sock. <laughs> Actually, I spent my weekend drinking mostly uh, old. Rip Van Winkle, 10 year. Oh, yeah. You can't really ever find these bottles. You know, it's good, but I just don't think it's worth paying the overprice because it's really, because that bottle is only 60 bucks if you can find it. Wow. But it'll go for two or 300 easily, but I wouldn't spend more than the MSRP price if you can avoid it. But um, today I'm just drinking the rest of my Abelur. <laughs> yeah, the Abelur is good, man. I, I have that. I, I've drank like two bottles of that in the last few weeks. I know we've talked about it several times, but you know, We'll be moving on to something new here. Hold on, hold on a second. You drank two bottles in two weeks. I did. I did. I did. Uh, I did not. I did not drink two. Myron much. did. Oh, okay. Well, that I, Myron, and I can see doing that. Yeah, but I've I've had had a lot of uh, family and friends come over, and and I've been like, try it, try it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Family and friends that don't drink because they're all dry and sober, and Myron's the only one drinking. But because they came over, it's legit. No, it's legit. I do have to say that I much prefer to drink with a friend than drink something nice because I like. 
like to talk about it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Because if you're just drinking, I don't drink anything nice by myself. We're very, except for if it's like a special occasion. So my, my, uh, Chris and I, my, my business partner, Chris and I, we actually belong to this little social group that we do, uh, scotch tastings with. And some of it, you know, sometimes you go to a paid thing and sometimes it's friend's house. Uh, we did one earlier this year and dozen guys getting around table. We all bring a bottle of something we kind of really like and the wives drive home. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That's pretty cool. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to share, recommend, endorse, tell your friends about us. And once we hit 5,000 people on this podcast, Craig will personally come pick you up in a limousine, bring you back to his house. You get to crash at his pad. Plus, this is not contractually binding, by the way. Openly have anything you want. But the rule is you can only touch once out of any bottle. Yep. Ironically, he's got five of each bottle. So it could be a little disastrous. Oh, geez. You know what, guys? I got to tell you, I love you both. This has been fantastic. I uh, really appreciate everybody listening today. If you have any feedback or any comments, please visit our website. If you have recommendations for future episodes or content, happy to take those as well. Thank you. All right. Take it away, Kev. That's all for this episode of IT for Wisdom. A podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. It's Wiki Wiki. <laughs> My bottle doesn't squeak anymore. I am the destroyer. You could have stopped recording a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs>